Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Ah, Is that your Jeffrey Rush? It's just my pirate in general. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, good morning. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for your view, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 285, 285. We're inching closer. We're inching closer, but I've come to the realization and the acceptance that we're in the 280s. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you've made that acceptance. Yeah. And this week for episode 285, we're talking Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Or as I'm calling it, Potsy Didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes, yeah <laughs> I got it. And uh, joining us for Pirates 5, uh, we have from ComingSoon.net, he's cursed to live on land and can only touch the sea every 10 years. It's Silas Lesnick. How's it going? Silas, good to have you back. Good to have you back. I'm very glad to be back. This is always fun. Yeah, what we? Thanks. It was, it was around Christmas, right? That was the that was the way I had you on. Um, trying to think of what, what it was. The, yeah, a couple months ago. What the, what was the movie? <laughs> uh, probably it was probably something else that uh, that nobody liked, but I was like, I like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe it was an award contender. It but, wasn't Star uh, Wars. I know we had on for Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> no. It was like late December. So what else? Would it, what came out in December? Like Christmas Day. What was the big Christmas movie, guys? What happened? What happened in December? You know, what's weird, there haven't really been great Christmas movies in the past, I don't know, five years. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Here we go. 2016. Monthly. Okay. December. We're going to nail this. It wasn't Sing. It, was, it wasn't La La Land. It wasn't Silence. It wasn't A Monster Calls. It wasn't Silence. It wasn't, I, I know it wasn't was, Fences, but, uh, I've been... it wasn't Collateral Beauty. <laughs> no. I don't think we did a full one for Collateral Beauty. I, I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> was it Passengers? It was Passengers. It, it was Passengers. There we go. There we go. Thank you, power of the internet. <laughs> Mystery solved. Listeners, come back. I know you're walking away from the podcast. Come back, come back, come back. Come back. All right, sit down. They need a snack. Settle. Okay. okay. All right. We're back. We're good again. <laughs> so, yes. Now we've established when Silas was last on. The most important part of the podcast. Let's move on to the rest of things here. And since then, I've just been in cryosleep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've woken oh, yeah, you up. We've woken you up for this one. <laughs> we, we well, broke considering the curse. that there was like the great xenomorph disaster of 2017, then I totally understand why you're in cryosleep. Well, <laughs> Speaking of xenomorphs and disasters, um, the we've had a lot of alien-related content in the past couple of weeks. Eh? Uh, we have uh, we've we just have, had a lot of content in general, which which is great. Most of which is alien-related. <laughs> that's that's true too. Yeah, so we had our we had our Alien Covenant podcast last week, which was a lot of fun with uh, Terrence and Jason. But we also had our our Alien Three commentary track. That was a lot of fun to fun to put together. And then Abe, you and I, we did a Nights episode. Nights. Nights. Knights uh, like Chris Christopherson, uh cyborg kickboxers. I wish, but no, we did a Knights, which is a bonus <laughs> episode where Abe and I discussed uh, uh, David and the Michael Fassbender character in both Prometheus oh. and Alien Covenant. Uh, yeah. So we wanted to dig more into that. 
Um, and in addition to that, if you want to dig into the archives, we have an Aliens commentary track as well as an Alien versus Predator Requiem commentary track. So we have a lot of alien content. All over the place. Yeah. Sorry, but Aliens is no longer a canon entry in that franchise. <laughs> I believe aliens come from human-made robots and not from queens. Mm, that makes sense. Well, they but they could evolve, and a queen could be born from one of these eggs that David makes. I guess it'll all be discussed is, in Alien: colon, Prometheus: colon, Covenant: colon Three. That's correct. Yeah. It's a, it's a word why would it be Covenant still? I I don't. Why would it be Prometheus still? It has a lot of words in it. I don't know. All of that said, yes, we have a lot of aliens content out there right now, <laughs> which is I think is a lot of fun that we uh, we're able to put all that out. Um, what yeah. else? Um, a summer movie gamble update. We're talking about pirates this week, and uh, since we all, uh, Abe and I, and, and many others from the show, we all have our our stakes our, our stakes here uh, as far as what we think right. is going to top the top the charts over the summer. Pirates for some of you who have pirates pretty high in your top ten um, highest grossing films. Uh, Sixty two million opening on Memorial Day weekend, around seventy five probably. Not the doesn't bode well for a high place in the top ten, maybe a lower place, but. Uh, yeah. The good news is that Baywatch didn't do that well. Yeah. But it is one of my to, dark to, horses. To the detriment of our gamble, because some of us had it, you know, in the top ten, uh, we can we can at least relish in the fact that America wasn't too stupid <laughs> to be like, you know what, we really need to, <laughs> to get Baywatch a huge opening this weekend. So, you know, for that degree, it worked out. Yeah. So, eighteen million opening with Baywatch right now, probably around around three at most um, for the weekend. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. There's a little. Little update there for those playing along with the uh, summer box office gamble. Um, what else? iTunes reason ratings good to get those helps out our show helps other people find our show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now Theron and Abe. Uh, give us a give us a star rating. That'd be great. If you want to like, write us a review, that'd also be great too. Yeah, thank you very much in advance. And uh, last thing, episode three hundred, it's coming. Coming up. It's coming. Good reminder. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Let's get to know. Let's get to know everybody. We're each week we ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know, know everybody. It's good lead up. That was <laughs> good. Right into it. Um, right into it. I have a question for Silas. First off, how we start this thing? <laughs> Silas, I'm here. Yeah. What is your preferred soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One or Volume Two? I've already had this discussion quite a bit with uh, with my roommate. Uh, it did Volume Two. Mm. All right, your roommate being a friend uh, of the show, Eric Eisenberg, who's been on the podcast. Where, where, where is he? Where's he fall on this? Uh, he also agrees. Volume two. Two um, more votes in my favor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, we're it's it's very uh, it's very like splitting hairish, but you know, I'm just curious. Yeah, but every week I get a vote in my favor. It fuels my fire, and I hate volume one soundtrack, Abe. So... <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh... I feel like on volume one, I have uh, like personal associations with a bunch of the songs. And uh, on volume two, I, I think Flashlight is the only song I, I really know really, really well. And I already think of it as something separate than Guardians. Um, so it's a bunch of songs I just really enjoy and uh, haven't heard so much. Makes sense. Well, the jury's still out as we go through the summer getting different guests on the show and talking about the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy soundtrack. One of the most <laughs> important debates of the summer, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, but, aside from, like, who's going to win Best Picture. <laughs> That's for the fall. <laughs> That's not the summer. It doesn't matter. You never know. There should be there should be uh, seasonal Academy Seasonal Awards. Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> the summer it's definitely Oscars. not going to be Pirates of the Caribbean for or Best all, Picture. All the, all the celebrities show up in, like, surfer shirts and shorts and sandals to like, a big gala. <laughs> I, think we're talking about, I think we're talking about the MTV Awards here. 
that shit's serious, Abe. Don't get me started on the MTV Awards. That is true. Somebody gets gooped. <laughs> That's Nickelodeon. No one gets gooped. That's Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally messing up my awards here. And there's no Who surfboards surf- handed either. Yeah. That's the Teen Choice Awards. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Fox. Uh, I feel like Homer Simpson. Abe, do you have a question? I do have a question for you guys. Is Javier Bardem uh, going to be typecast as a villain from now on? Or kind of like the same way that... Uh, uh, who's the guy from Inglourious Bastards? Christopher... Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Are you saying what do you guys fight? I actually uh, spoke with Javier Bardem and mentioned that he played such great villains, and he almost seemed to uh, to want to say like, "Well, I've only played three major villains, um, so I think he doesn't you're, like you're prominent major villains." <laughs> I even sort of interrupted him as responding, saying, like, "Yeah, but they're really good villains." I mean, yeah, they the are. first one's iconic, and then the other two are you know giant blockbuster movie villains. So it's like hard yeah. to you know, it's like uh, it's either I'm not exactly thinking of Vicky Cristina Barcelona when I'm talking about Javier Bardem. <laughs> Yeah, and now he's uh, he's gonna be Frankenstein, which is sort of yeah, the villain monster. and good guy in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, is that a yes? <laughs> as it, what was the question? Is he only gonna be? Well, the question is, do you think he's gonna be typecast as as a villain? Well, I mean, as far as these bigger movies, he so far kind of has been typecast as kind of villains, but um, that's true. Uh, Although, I, I would argue, I think he has the the talent that if he doesn't want to be typecast, he'll he'll stop being typecast. Well, like I mean, when it was announced that he was going to be involved in Frankenstein, I could have seen that going either way, either being the monster or being Frankenstein. So I mean, I I don't when I see Javier Bardem, I don't think that's that guy that plays bad people. And I, I talk that, that out loud that's like that with Anna. That's what I say when I see Javier Bardem in general. I, I say that. Yeah, and that's uh, a good point. But, but no, yeah, I, I think he's a like you just said, Sarah. I think he's a very talented actor. He can do whatever he wants to. He's just happened to have chosen a couple characters that are in big movies where you're like, okay, that's him, and he's a villain. Um, and he played, you know, one of the most sinister villains ever <laughs> in cinema. So it's like, yeah, it's hard to not necessarily for I guess like a casual moviegoer, not necessarily would be like, oh, there's that guy that plays bad people, but. <laughs> he's had a pretty diverse career if you look at like that's all true. his movies, and, and it's pretty just, lengthy. Yeah, and pretty lengthy as well. Um, but I, I more or less know him as the guy that has wild hair in movies. That's the typecasting I see. Because mm. have you seen him like have regular hair in a movie lately? Because I haven't. <laughs> I haven't either. And and I know that he's had regular hair in movies, and those are the ones that go kind of under the radar. <laughs> yeah, like Vicky Cristina Barcelona. He's like, all right, I'm just or like or like beautiful. <laughs> Boot, yeah, boot, boot, beautiful, 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 yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I have another question. Okay, this one comes courtesy of Anna. She submitted this question for me, and I'm very. Oh uh, wow! Into yeah. our into our actual physical mailbox. Yes, into our, to the physical mailbox that I have. <laughs> PO box out now. <laughs> There's no numbers. It's very confusing for the mailbox. There's no numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually just Aaron's bed. But uh, this this question is, um, what would your pirate name be? Hmm. I already That's have an answer because I answered this question. It it would be three beard. Three beard. Yes, I'd have three beards. I'm gonna need an origin story someday. Okay, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll hammer that one out. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, hmm. Captain. Captain. Can you can you name your own pirate name? It feels like something you've got to earn. I that's, think it's de- well. It depends if it's your given name. Like Jack Sparrow probably didn't walk around being like. You know, I'm just, I'm Frank Smith. And so it's like, ah, you look like a Jack Sparrow. Like, Well, I mean, he could have been Frank Smith, according to Javier Bardem in this movie. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, 
<laughs> Captain Short Round. There you Captain go. Captain Short Round. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Indy. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to take yeah. like a, a, a like a background name, so nobody met. Like I'll just be one of the guys in the background. You probably don't have to do that much work if you're not a. <laughs> I mean, so that Lieutenant, is Lieutenant Lesnick just hanging out in the back. That's, that's yeah. like, no, just like a weird short pirate name, like Flip or something. <laughs> Flip, <laughs> right? I like it. He's the breakdancing pirate. Yeah. Flip, Flip. <laughs> I like that. How you're just hey, gonna hang around in the back and, yeah. and get the treasure, but you don't have to do too much work. Yeah, because nobody's gonna be like, "Wait, where's Flip?" Nobody cares. Yeah, you see, Flip here is thinking about the future. That's, I mean, we'll get to this, but that's, I like Pirates continuity of our, as far as, like, background characters. There's a lot of people from the other Pirates movies that show up in this one that are just like, oh, there's those, 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 those guys. They're here in this movie again. That's fun. <laughs> like, the, like the, like the small guy, um, Martin Kebola. Ten, yeah. Uh, um, or uh, the, the two guys that they were, like, they used to be part of the, um, the British Navy, and then they tra- became pirates, and they're like still in this one. It's like okay, dude, that's fun that they, they kept these guys around. Can I say, man, longevity. Angry letters if their favorite background their pirates. Favorite, don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one guy who was in the the fourth one, but it's like the guy who's in the first movie after like Norrington's like that must be the worst pirate I've ever seen. Then Jack like steals a ship, and there's like another guy who's like that might be the best pirate I've ever seen. And and then like in the third movie, he says like. Do you think he just makes it up, or he just knows what he's doing all along? Like he's really, at, he like really admires Captain Jack, and then he's like, he's like with Barbosa in the fourth movie. He's like, oh, they kept that guy around. It's like I have no idea who this is. I don't know his name, but hey, they kept him. Like why not? Like, he Say died in the fourth movie. That's why he's not in the fifth one. <laughs> like they killed him off. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> one, of, right. one of the weird like uh, nerd things I realized watching the movie is like uh, there's this weird jump ahead in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, uh, K.S. Cotelario and uh, Brenton Thwaites are, like, 20. I, I mean, even if they're teenagers, that's 15 to 20 years after the end of the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> I never even thought about that. But, yeah, that, that is a strange time jump. It's because Jack Sparrow's immortal, guys. That's, that's the Yeah, problem. he is immortal, <laughs> according to, what, like, number four? This is it. This is exactly like Halloween series now. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't get the Fountain of Youth. The Penelope Cruz got the Fountain of Youth. He's just living. He's just being Jack Sparrow. <laughs> he's just living his life. Yeah. Get on, uh, Jack. To be fair, I mean that the third movie was ten years ago, so it's not too much of a time. Oh my gosh, it was ten years ago. Yeah, it was. It's, like, it's not too far off. It seems so recent, but. Eh. I guess no. Actually, Silas, if you really want to add it, that the the end of the third one is ten years later. When they have a ten-year-old kid, and so this, so this movie, yeah, this movie, he's like you know twenty now or whatever. So that means it's like it's been twenty years since the third movie, at least. We're doing a lot of pirate math here. <laughs> pirate math's the best math, Abe. I think we determined that in previous episodes. That's the one that we're going to be teaching in schools now. It's going to be part of the academic standards. Yeah, pirate math. Yeah, along with pirate. along with pirate Latin. Pirate Latin. Mm-hmm. It's like Latin, but arier. <laughs> Let's move on. No wonder it's a death language. <laughs> That's how you play. No, no everybody. All right. Let's move on. Let's get down to cookies. Yep. Each week out now we have movie of the week. I talk about the week. Movie of the week. I talk about cookies. Yep. That was good this week. I liked it. On point, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I did. I watched a couple of movies. I watched um, this movie, this small movie called Tracktown. I had seen a trailer for it, and essentially is about a. Uh, an athlete. She is. She actually is a professional athlete. She ran in the Olympics as well. 
but she decided to kind of make a story about her life. Um, and it's okay. I mean, I think that it was cool that she got it done, but it reminds me of... Um, play Yourself? She does Play Yourself, yeah. She wrote it, and she co-directed it. It's called Tracktown? Um, yes, Tracktown. Okay. And clearly, it's a, that's like a, a cool name for this little city in, up in Oregon where all these uh, elite runners go. But essentially... Um, it, it, it certainly feels like a first movie outing because the script is okay and the acting is okay. And you can tell that the budget was like, you know, uh, in a, in an encapsulated amount, but I don't know. I, it just doesn't feel like a, a great movie. Um, okay. and it certainly feels like an okay movie, but I don't know if you catch it on rental, actually more so TV, if you catch it on TV sometime then check it out. Uh, the other movie I saw was, um, hidden figures. I finally got around to seeing it. Oh yeah. And, yeah, a little long, but it's okay. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it is, and I understand that it, it kind of needs to to feed a, a more general audience, so it can't really go into like crazy detail about one thing or another thing. And also, there's three people that they have to juggle, so they're all juggling personal things and work things, and then obviously the race things. Um, so it's uh, it's an interesting juggling match for again three folks and. Kim Costner's okay in it, but it's on the whole, <laughs> yeah, it certainly is in his movie, even though he's there a lot. And it, it's weird to see like the the origin story of like Grandpa Sheldon Cooper, but I mean that guy's <laughs> that guy's uh, he I guess maybe he turned it around. But in any case, um, I actually just thought that it was all right for what it was. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Hidden Figures. Silas, have you seen any other uh, movies recently? I have. I've got a weird one, actually. Um, I saw a Manifesto. Oh, oh. That's, the, uh, that's the one where Kate Blanchett plays like 14 people or something? It is, yeah. Um, I, uh, I can't say I loved it, but uh, I also didn't hate it. It's, uh, it's very, very pretentious, but it's kind of supposed to be. Uh, and it's her reading like 13, or I guess it's far more than 13. She's playing 13 characters, but they're reading real manifestos by all mm. sorts of different people. And some of them are sort of spliced together. And uh, I read an interesting review after I saw it that sort of was making the argument that uh, it, it, it takes these words that are really powerful words, but the point is almost to uh, have them repeated in a way that drowns out all meaning. So the the words are then removed and you're just left with these really strange images. I, I guess the, the movie was originally uh, – an art installation piece where it was 13 screens that were all playing at once. And it's since been recut into a a different movie. One of the things I really loved about it though, is there is a scene that I am genuinely not sure if it's intentional or not, but it might be a hot fuzz 2001, a space odyssey crossover. (laughs) And the reason being is there's a big, uh, theme that recurs in the movie that uh, you're supposed to steal other people's art, and uh, if if you if, if there's art that you love, you should take from it. And in fact, there's even uh, a speech that uh, Jim Jarmusch gave that is recited by uh, Kate Blanchett. But there's a scene where uh, you guys know about Kate Blanchett's sort of cameo in Hot Fuzz, where she at the beginning yeah. is the woman that he breaks up with, uh, right. breaks up with him, and is wearing that like biohazard suit. Yeah. In Manifesto, Kate Blanchett wears that exact same suit, uh, and there's a scene where she walks into a room, and what is clearly supposed to be the monolith is there. And you sort of wonder, like, is this – it's definitely supposed to be 2001, 
I don't know if it's supposed to be hot fuzz or it's just a coincidence, but it made me happy to see. Well, that, that certainly, as you said, does sound like protection, <laughs> like manifest. <laughs> but um, it, it sounds like you're saying it's at very least the, a unique experience. It's interesting, and it's it's just short enough that it's done by the time you sort of get to the point of thinking, uh, this is uh, going on a bit. Okay, were you a fan of Holy Motors? I still haven't seen Holy Motors. Ah, okay, because that, that sounds very similar, although Holy, Holy Motors is on a different level, and I think it has more. That's one that I've I've, pre- I've come to, I've, I've really, as I thought about it, as I've, after having seen it, um, it's like, this movie actually really is better than I think I gave it credit for as far as what it was doing. Mm. Um, I know we have a couple friends of the show that really liked that movie and some that really hated the movie. So, um, But that's, it sounds very familiar because you know, obviously she's playing a variety of characters for a different reason where he's it's a its own unique world what he's doing as far as playing multiple people in one film. Um, but no, yeah, it's... Uh, was it a Man- Manifesto? Is that what it's called? Manifesto, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I've seen a couple things. Um this week, uh, both uh, on television. Um, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, one was The Wizard of Lies. This is the HBO film about oh, Bernie yeah. Madoff, um, right. directed by Barry Levinson, starring Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer and uh, <laughs> I had to correct cute. myself, and uh, Alessandra Nivola, who uh, you may know as Pollux Troy from Face That's Off. That's right. Among, yeah, you say, like, from Face Off. <laughs> among many other things. But I generally, because I, I think he's very good in this movie, and I generally think that every time I see him, he seems like an underrated character actor. Like, he just doesn't get many high-profile roles, and he seems much more capable than what he's been given. Um, but that said, movie itself, it's alright. Um, oh, I've seen I've seen better from both Barry Levinson and HBO films. For example, You right. Don't Know Jack, the HBO film from Barry Levinson starring Al Pacino, which I thought was really good. Um, but, uh, it just... De Niro, it, you know, he's He's good just because he's De Niro. And he's you know he's not given bad performances, but just it, it, there's nothing really in the story or the in the character that really makes him do, do much to get me to understand what Bernie was doing necessarily, or what you know what was going on here. Besides just giving me a retelling of facts in a dramatized fashion, the performances are good. As I said, you have Hank Azaria in here also. He's pretty good, um, although he's given a weird segment where he's just describing people in a very awkward way. But <laughs> it's just. The movie, it, as opposed to something like The Big Short, which ta- tackled you know a similar, similar as similar thing going on from a variety of angles and had a lot of lively ideas and what have you, and was just you know entertaining to watch. This is more very drawn out story of just made off like after the fact, um, going over the things that happened because of because of his Ponzi scheme, and it just didn't. It wasn't as engaging as I would have thought a movie with. De Niro <laughs> like this would be um, right there are some choice scenes where he's given like big speeches where he just gets angry um, which is kind of fun to watch he gets ang- he gets like there's one scene where he gets home from like work and like his whole family's there including his grandchildren and like his granddaughter starts asking it's like why are the stocks so bad and he just starts yelling at her and it's kind of hilarious because <laughs> um... <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> but, but, um... he's but, like you can just tell her that but, he's I just mean, not being honest with her either yeah. But the movie, the movie's like 135 minutes. It's like this is long. That's and, a long movie. Yeah, it's long, and it's like it's not all that engaging. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't huge on it. Uh, yeah, but the great news is that it's HBO, not TV. Exactly. Yeah, it's not TV. TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's just one Fox, but it's not TV. Um, <laughs> the other thing I saw was on Netflix the uh, movie War Machine. Uh, the, oh yeah, uh, with Brad Pitt. Yeah, the war political satire of Brad Pitt, directed by David Michaud, who did two very different films: The Rover. 
and um, Animal Kingdom, which has become a TV series. Um, and I like those two films very much. This film is unlike those because it's, you know, it's a comedy for one thing. So that's a big change from stark dystopian Australia. Um, right. But this one, yeah, has Brad Pitt. It has a lot of people. It has uh, Scoot McNary pops up in there. Uh, Keith Stanfield. Tilda Swinton has one scene where he's very good in, which is not mm-hmm. unexpected. A lot, a lot of random character actors in this thing. The movie itself, again, it's just, it's kind of meh. Like, it, there are scenes where it does, it, you know, it gets to a point where the humor is somewhat broad, like Doctor Strangelove, and it's kind of fun. But uh, then it kind of it gets kind of deeper and darker without being having all that much to say that feels new or all that, you know, it's not presenting anything in a kind of a a relevant way that feels different from other things that I've seen do it better. And bigger issue is I think Brad Pitt, honestly, I, I very much tend to enjoy when he plays like these fun character type roles, but those are generally the supporting character roles. That's something like burn after reading. It's fun to see him in that role because he's not in it that much. He just plays this like very not Brad, like Brad Pitt like character, or even something like uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's it, which is very similar to this character. It's fun to watch that, but also he's not the lead in Inglorious Bastards. He's part of an ensemble, and he's not in it all that much. This yeah. he's in it the whole way through, which is a problem that I think we all had with the the fourth Pirates movie, where Jack Sparrow's like in the whole thing as opposed <laughs> I was to gonna be like Brad Pitt was in the Pirates movie. No, like, but yeah, but I mean, in the Pirates movies, like Jack Sparrow right. is more or less a supporting character. He's, in the first he's kind three. of like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the first three films, he's more or less a supporting character. Where the, in the fourth one, it's like let's just make it all Jack all the time. And that's what it feels like with this. It feels like you get Aldo Rain all the time in this movie. And now I'll say it, this is a it's it's neat for Brad Pitt to do something like this. But at the same just seeing him kind of be this grizzled general character who has a very deliberate accent and it's Brad Pitt. So it's like there's a it's not a lack of authority, but there's just the, the way he's delivering just doesn't feel as that the presence doesn't seem as what I what I would expect from this kind of character. And adding that to a script that I think is just kind of okay, it's based off a uh, based off a real script. I mean, the character I don't know the character's it's name. Based off a real script. It's well, it's based off a, it's based, there was a Rolling Stones uh, reporter that went along with a, a real general during uh, time in Afghanistan, and, like and wrote this big tell-all article, and then he he turned that article into a whole book, and that's what this movie's based off of. Gotcha. Um, um, but it's just the, the script itself. It's just it's not all that. It's not great. <laughs> so it's like right. I, I admire Netflix making this big, you know, get an A-list star into, you know, some potentially, you know, rife uh, material. It just doesn't do enough with it to make and, you know, have a good director involved and everything. It has all the ingredients. It just doesn't quite get there. How long is this movie? Two hours. Okay. Actually, it's like it's like an hour. It's like there's like 12 minutes of credits. So it's like it's supposed to be ending soon. It's like, oh, 12 yeah. minutes of credits? It's a lot of credits. Yeah, it's like it's because it's like starts off very slow and then it keeps going. But, uh, yeah. Well, the great news is that it's on Netflix, so... Yeah. You know, it's there if you want to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it now, Quiggies. Yep. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some of our trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. Well, we thought of it would have you. This trailer came out a while ago, but I kind of forgot about it, actually. Uh, so we're bringing it up now. It's Kingsman, colon, oh, The Golden Circle. We're saving it for this movie. We're saving it for pirates. It made the most sense. Uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, the sequel to Kingsman. Uh, what was the first one? Kingsman, The Secret? No, one, The Secret. That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I think so. First one's Kingsman, the Secret Service. This one's Kingsman, the Golden Circle. What is the Secret Service? Yeah. Okay, I was just like, Secret I was thinking Secret. It's like, well, that's America. That's America. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is the sequel to Kingsman. Uh, this one is now it's set in America. You have Channing Tatum, Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore all involved. 
based off of not just the trailer, but the fact that he's first built on the poster, so it doesn't seem like a spoiler, Colin Firth is also back in this movie. Um, so you have that going for it. I guess the continuing adventures of Eggsy. Um, let's start with Silas. Silas, I think you've, have you seen more of this movie uh, from being in cinema? I have. I've actually seen the uh, the first 15 minutes, um, which I, unfortunately Matthew Vaughn then was like, don't say anything to anyone about it. Okay. Uh, so I'll say it's really neat. Uh, it, he is a director that I have so much respect for, even though I don't like all of his films. Mm-hmm. Kick-Ass is one that uh, I just, it's it's so cynical to me, and it's just not my thing. And But then Kingsman came along, and it's this breath of, uh, breath of fresh air, and he, he really has a grasp on how to make things uh, surprising and carry some weight. Um, and it directs a hell of an action sequence. Um, it, it, it looks like with, with this franchise, and he, he even was sort of teasing that he already knows where a third film is going to go. It, it, I, I, I'm excited to see what he has planned, and I still don't quite understand how they're going to explain uh, Colin Firth surviving, but... <laughs> Colin, Book, Colin Book stories, so they're going to be like, <laughs> he's just there. <laughs> well, hey, what about, as I recall, I think we both like Kingsman quite a bit, right? Yeah, I enjoyed Kingsman, and I thought that it was a it was a cool take on kind of like this young adult uh, coming of age slash spire movie, um, and I I really enjoyed the action sequences in it. I also Samuel L. Jackson is fantastic. Yeah, I loved his. Uh, I guess what would you call it? His panache. Um, well, with that being like, said, he had like a lisp and everything too. He was really going for it with the character. Yeah, and he's like flamboyant colors, like bright orange tracksuits and with sideways hats, which was fantastic. Uh, as for the trailer for this movie, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, kind of bigger, kind of bolder, kind of louder. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm all that excited uh, to see that kind of movie. Uh, I am excited to see sort of some of the American counterparts, but um, yeah, it certainly felt like. Just something that uh, kind of is is one of those shoebox second runner-ups, and I haven't seen the 15 minutes, so maybe Silas is like just shaking his head silently at me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it it certainly doesn't feel like it's gonna be uh, on the same scale as the first one, which I thought was cool because it was kind of uh, still subtle um, and this cool intro story into this world this almost john wick style but john wick i i admire john wick two chapter two i should say but uh, because it was still kind of more uh subdued than a louder more ostentatious like sequel i mean watching the trailer i did get i it still felt pretty so i mean if they wanted to show a ton of action they could have and they didn't they really kind of scaled it down they showed like one or two clips of like people doing stuff but that's what you expect in a kingsman <laughs> movie I mean, yeah. there's like there's they show like a, what a bit of a car chase where like Eggsy like kind of flies up a car and shoots stuff, and they show some guy with a grappling hook, but there's not much. And like Channing Tatum has like a belt buckle, I guess is like the thing. Yeah. But um, like they don't like they, they exploding shoot. mansion. Yeah, they explode a mansion. But I mean, the <laughs> first the, the the scale of the first one is pretty large as far as the global catastrophe that's going down at the end of that movie. I mean, there's with, with this one, it just looks like more of the same, which. I, I'm curious what they're going to do with that. I mean, yeah, the, the basic idea is that they go to America to, to find that version of Kingsman. Um, and so I, that's its own level of intrigue right there. But if it's just like another adventure with these guys, like it's, it, you know, that sounds like fun. I'll be curious what it does. If it, 
if it goes to yeah, if it goes to like a John Wick two level of like really blowing out the world and like expanding everything to give you give you an idea of like a greater sense of how this works across the globe, that's a, that's that's novel, and I'll be curious to see how yep. that goes. But yeah, my main reliance is that uh, well, it has a great cast and Matthew Vaughn. I think Matthew Vaughn is a good handle at just fine. making solid action movies, regardless of how deep they go. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Well, Kingsman was going to open October against Blade Runner, and then they moved it back a week. And then they moved it back another week, so it's opening no, September 22nd. Uh, so Perfect. When, yeah, that's when you get your Kingsman fix right there. Um, there's no Hotel Transylvania movie this year, so you don't have to worry about that, I guess. You can just go straight to <laughs> That's going to go gangbusters. You know it will. Yes. Uh, you know, speaking of which, Jenny Tarkovsky, who you know, does the directs the Hotel Train, he just uh, finished, wrapped up the, uh, the Samurai Jack uh, season. Um, it's terrific if you are a Samurai Jack fan or just want to see a really cool animated samurai show it's a really great uh, final season um you know if you, if you haven't watched the previous seasons you could probably get a good sense on how these things played out just by watching an episode or two and then just jump right to that one and be like oh this was awesome because it is has some great animated action there you go yeah and i think the ever all the show except the new season is on hulu right now yeah um, yeah so there's certainly ways it, to access it yeah it's amazing i <laughs> it, i i love getting tartagoski I, I am a huge fan as well. I, I I can't wait to see him do more than just animated Sandler movies because there's he has so much potential. Like I I can't I would he did that animated um, Clone Wars series, the Star Wars Clone Wars, not the 3D one, but the 2D animated one. It's like these little yes, and like it was mic, oh like, yeah okay, it's like a micro series. It's like five minute episodes each, which were terrific. And it's like give this guy a Star Wars movie, like he could make a spinoff, like just you know call it like Troopers and just like an awesome series of like Star Wars Stormtroopers like doing action stuff, like it'd be great. <laughs> I remember when uh, th- that series actually introduced uh, General Grievous before yes. Revenge of the Sith, and I-, I was so excited, thinking like he was the coolest character in the world in this series. He's going to be amazing in live action, and uh, he was not. Yeah, as much as I like to, you know, I don't, I don't say defend because I don't have to defend anything, but it's like as much as I like to support the prequels, that was a bit of a disappointment, like because I just came off seeing this awesome Grievous character who was unstoppable. And then he gets like he's just kind of coughing and stuff. <laughs> like the third movie, it's like, come on, you were like amazing in the series. <laughs> anyway, Kingsman opens <laughs> September twenty second. <laughs> Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Pirates of the Caribbean: colon, Dead Men Tale No Tales. The dead have taken command of the sea. They're searching for her. A girl and a sparrow. I have heard stories of a mighty Spanish captain who has hunted and killed thousands of men. No, 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 men, no. No, 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 no. Pirates. Pirates. I once knew a Spaniard named something in Spanish. He's coming for you, Jack. Where is your ship? Your crew? Your pants. Jack. I'm so sorry. Were you still talking? All right. That should have been some of the trailer for Pirates of the Caribbean. Captain Jack is back. And this time it's back to a more familiar uh, position, a supporting role. Uh, the fifth entry in this series, inspired by a theme park ride, finds Johnny Depp back in his Oscar-nominated role, going along for a ride with Brenton Thwaites as Henry Turner and Caius Scottolero as Karina Smith, who are both trying to find Poseidon's trident. Jack is the man who can help, who can help in finding the trident, and this will help get the undead Captain Salazar, played by Javier Bardem, a pirate killer, off his back. 
Also joining this voyage is Jeffrey Rush's Captain Barbosa, who has his own connections to the adventure taking place. Lots of supernatural swashbuckling ensues in what is supposedly the final adventure in the series. Uh, Silas, where have you been with the Pirates films in general? Sort of a just guy who likes them all right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the first one when it came out. Um, they're not my favorite Gore Verbinski movies. Um, and I think two and three are kind of a mess, but I appreciate the just enormous scope of them and the idea that he, he stepped into it making everything all at once. Uh, I don't think they're particularly great, uh, but I, I had fun with the new one. Um, and I, I think you could make the argument it's as good as any of the sequels. Silas, so, did you have uh, a brief thoughts on, on this new one? Yeah, I I uh, I like the new one. I you know I weirdly I saw it at CinemaCon and I remember I saw Pirates and uh, Fate of the Furious and uh, my reactions to both films were sort of like oh yeah that was that was fine. I, I do think that uh, reviews on Pirates were sort of mean. Um, <laughs> it, it, it it sort of is. Uh, I don't know. It's funny to talk about in a week where like uh, Baywatch came out and Dwayne Johnson sort of blamed that, well, fans like the movies, critics don't. Um, and I, well, I completely disagree. I, I get where the sentiment is coming from. Sure. And there's a level with pirates where like, yeah, I understand that if, if, if you're somebody reviewing every movie that comes out, the fifth movie in a big franchise that paid far too much money and has uh, stars that are in the news is, not people's favorites right now. It's easy to give it a bad review, but I also kind of feel like, well, you have this big franchise and you have its fans. And if I'm thinking about going to see a fifth pirates of the Caribbean movie, presumably I've gone to see the sequels that weren't as good and still want to see a pirates movie. So I don't entirely understand the point of a review. That's like, well, this franchise has gone on far too long because if I'm trying to make the decision to see the movie or not, I already know that. I've already accepted that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, in terms of um, the Pirates franchise, I think that uh, – was it number four that we did really early? Yeah, it four. had to have been number – Yes, it was four. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that was like five, five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, though, I, I enjoyed the first Pirates, and I, uh, I think I really enjoyed uh, that much – that one the best in terms of number two is that the one with davy jones yeah the best one in the franchise yes, yeah that one. well i mean the best yeah <laughs> i mean some of the cg is well the cg is still really good uh, in that movie uh as far as the pirate series goes it, it, it kind of has diminishing returns because i don't i think you you and i were talking off mic one day about pirates four and i was like what was pirates four about and uh, i don't i don't remember and i had to be reminded of that uh, so with this new pirates movie it's kind of uh, I find it kind of laughable that they call it the last one. And the reason why is because when I watch this movie, it certainly doesn't feel like there's any finality to anything. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's sort of any conclusions. I mean, I, there's lots of conclusions by the end of that. movie. There are conclusions, but it certainly is. It, it, it leaves the door open, not even a crack, kind of by a wide margin. I feel as though this movie is uh, it's OK. And. Kind of to Silas's point, yeah, sure. I, I'm I'm curious to see what's going on or what's going to happen in the in the rest of the Pirates movies. Kind of maybe hoping for something to still blow my mind, but I haven't really been able to, to achieve that with this one. I it is more loose and fun, and it kind of puts Jack back on the side map again, like what Aaron was saying. 
but uh, I didn't think that it was that great of a of a villain, and I didn't really think that it was that great of a kind of like a story. It sort of felt very simple in in some sense, but I also felt like the characters they everybody seemed to know everything, so I don't understand why they couldn't just proceed with one character or over another or it just felt very fast in terms of the way that they were introduced put together and they they have to go on to this uh this particular uh journey now uh, and i get that it's a summer movie and i get that it's like it's a pirates movie uh, and it's it sort of works but i didn't really enjoy all aspects of it um so as far as the direction goes i like the direction uh, i think that they they had some cool stuff to do, uh, especially given the budget of this movie. And it certainly is on the screen, but I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Uh, although it is better than let's say three and four, uh, but it, it's, uh, probably the third one in it, in the series. It's funny. You, you mentioned some of the, the, the things you're pointing out are like common problems. People have with these pirate movies where they're, they're not fast enough and the stories are too complicated and you're saying it's an issue that it's it's very streamlined and it moves very quickly it's like uh, people were complaining about the fact that it's too long and that there's too many complications in the plot and this one really does kind of pare it down could be yeah I'm definitely open to getting more into it well as far as my thoughts on the pirate movies goes i've been a fan of this series uh, I've made it very clear on this podcast that I think Dead Man's Chest is the best in the franchise, the second one. I think it I think it does so I mean, it, the first one obviously establishes who these people are, but I think the second one really blows the doors out as far as showing you what this world is capable of as far as the weirdness that Verbinski's able to bring to it, as well as just right. the depth of these characters. I think that the second one really challenges D- uh, Depp, Bloom and Knightley um to like do some really, you know, do some things that, you know, go w- along with their, where their characters would go if um various complications came about and you have davy jones where bill nye's performance matched with some brilliant cg that stands up to this day um i just was thoroughly impressed by it and the action's just really cool in that movie mm-hmm. um I, I mentioned before too Anna and i we we just watched all three pirate the first three pirates movies to, to kind of get prepared and what have you so it's like I'm, I'm very i've seen these movies a lot already but like i'm very i'm very up to date on the things that i like and dislike about this franchise and, you know, mentioning that fourth movie that we reviewed, you know, five years, six years ago, <laughs> I was massively disappointed by that movie. I, I, I thought it was a really big downturn as far as what I mainly because I was really I was excited for it because I like this series. So I had no reason to be like, well, can, you know, no reason to not be excited about this. So I was excited about it because it was like another turn in this world and you don't see him that often. So it's like, oh, great, great. And that movie was a big disappointment. I think Rob Marshall's direction was really bad. And for a movie that cost the exorbitant amount of money that it did, it's currently the biggest most expensive movie of all time that fourth movie it looked like a tv movie like it didn't look good um which is not what i know about this pirate series these movies are expensive but they also look great because of all the as you said Abe, the money's on the screen like as far as these giant sets and whatnot so walking into this fifth movie for whatever reason i'm still happy to be optimistic about it i do like this series and they got the guys that did contiki joaquin Roning, and espen sunberg doing this one it's like yeah. all right like that's the they they made a movie about water and ships, so I guess they're qualified for the job. They <laughs> can do another pirates movie, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm with Silas, where like I, I, it, it's not like the the kind of the greatest in the world, but at the same time, I don't know where the kind of there's a level of cynicism that seems to be applied to the pirate series for whatever reason. I mean, think of all the other franchises that have gone on for a long time. The deal we're still happy to support. This one's like getting the short end of the stick here, as far as the anticipation for it but i watched this movie and i'm like yeah it has its issues but it's still like just generally fun um 
it is it's the shortest film in the franchise it is simpler i do agree with you abe that it's simpler not necessarily to its detriment or to its advantage just that's just the nature of this movie and it <clears> even <throat> even the story itself functions as kind of a repeat of the the first film curse of the curse of the black pearl where it has a, a, a an undead villain um, and a crew of undead um, you know pirates uh, working to go after jack sparrow for some specific reason and you have you know orlando bloom's son henry turner here played by uh, Brenton Place. Like, you have a lot of... There's a lot of, you know, familiar dynamics going on. Uh, right. Feuding captains and what have you. But, I mean, regardless of, like, the plot, which is, like, you know, it is what it is, I just... The, the way it's all put together, I think, is really well done. I think I, I, I think the, uh, the 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 actors are all, you know, quite good. I, th- I think Javier Bardem portrays another memorable villain in this franchise i i like that design i like his whole cruise design where it's these ghost pirates where some of them aren't even all there like it, right. it's just it's really this movie these this franchise got has gotten by a lot on its kind of supernaturalness and what it does to kind of bring fantasy to life and i've been thoroughly impressed by it each time out and this one kind of follows suit with that you even get some crazy set pieces involving what the ships do and what have you in the islands they visit and where you go and the, i mean the humor's there i think it's a it's fun there's some literal gallows humor as they get to to certain scene um it, yeah i i i had a fun time with this movie i i wouldn't say it, again i do think the verbinski films are kind of the highlight of this franchise right. including at world's end i do think that third movie as long as it is i think it has plenty of merits just because of how different it is from everything else coming out because i think that's what verbinski is very good at but this one, I mean, as opposed to the fourth one, which is kind of just this dull ride with bad direction, this one at least brings back the kind of fun and joy that you're supposed to get, ideally, out of a movie based off a theme park ride. Right. <laughs> Completely based off it, which is uh, one of the best things that's ever happened. I agree with you that it is more fun than some of the other ones, uh, some of the other installments. I I, I like the CG on Captain uh, Salazar. Salazar. Yeah, Salazar. But uh, I actually, I don't know. I, I thought that those are cooler... There was a cooler story with him that they they kind of didn't go with because uh, I liked his I liked his uh, motives when he was still kind of living and saying like he wanted to decimate or he wanted to basically destroy all the uh, the pirates in the ocean. I was like, that's a cool motive. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate that now that you've kind of been easily discarded, uh, even though ships take a really long time to turn, it's kind of curious that you didn't see that one coming. But uh, it is what it is. I think that there was some introduction of characters and some reduction of characters that was was kind of uh, it's kind of a disappointment. And it's not that I need to care about the Royal Navy and you know how England is going to rule the seas, even though this guy mentions it a couple of times in the movie. Uh, it is kind of unfortunate that they kind of just get offed the way that they do. Well, I mean, um, I've, I've seen that because it could have been happened cool. in the previous like, movies. Like, I don't need another sure. story about the English Navy trying to take. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, that that stuff actually was kind of really boring. I mean, Captain Norrington is is his own thing, right? But well, uh, in terms also of just the plot of the second ones is how what the East India Trading Companies become like a major factor, and they're like trying to capture Jack and Davy Jones and all this. Like, I, I've seen all of that before. It's like get rid of it. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They got rid of it pretty early on. They. They, I don't know. I think that there was, was. I think it was actually here too long, and I'm glad that they did get rid of it. But you know, with the whole entire third party kind of trying to go after them, uh, I didn't really feel that. I kind of, I was, I was actually pretty content with just Captain uh, Salazar and Black Pearl stuff. So well, that's what I liked. Where it's kind of a mislead as far as what it is, because then it's like it makes Salazar into a greater threat. Because like, oh, he just dealt with the thing that could have been a big problem. <laughs> 
That's true. Yeah, with it with a, a monster ship, mm-hmm. just the same way that it was a monster house. Yeah. <laughs> it eats people. <laughs> I was a little bummed that uh, they had uh, the actress from Patterson, um, who was, was playing sort of the, and she just disappears. Um, That's and true. It, it's weird because it seems like they're about to bring her with them, and she's going to be a character, and just sort of drops out of the film. I'd be curious if there's like if they if they deleted more of her because of like pacing. If, like, she was on the ship with them or something, and they just kind of got rid of her. Yeah. And I mean, like, she had some cool lines with uh, Captain Barbosa, too. Just the whole entire, like, well, you know what you know what the uh, the price is. And kind of reminded me of some King Arthur stuff. But I enjoyed... I, I, enjoyed <laughs> I love that we keep bringing up King Arthur. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to trying to help Marcus out with that money. <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 some of the things are laughable, right? So you have uh, Kayla's... Uh, Kaya? Kaya. Uh, and she's this smart woman, and she apparently draws the entire map in her jail cell one time, and that's how the that's how the uh, the Royal Navy is going to go after them. And I was thinking to myself, why would this happen? Why would she do this? Uh, but I guess that that adds to some some fuel for the the third act of this movie. What did you guys think of a uh, young Jack? Oh, it worked easily. Was, okay, between yeah, the, so, yeah, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, I thought it works great in the movie, but it's also uh, – I do not like the marketing for uh, this film. Uh, I don't understand why everything, including the last shot, is uh, shown in the trailer. Like, why are you telling us – now it's an American uh, TV spot that has Keira Knightley in it. Yeah, that um, was that was confusing. It's like, why are they – okay. <laughs> like, I figured out where the film was going, but it's like, well, okay, that's – I don't know how many more people in seats they just got because of this, but and that's sort of likewise, like why does Paul McCartney have his own character poster? That's a weird thing to ruin. I don't <laughs> they, know why they that like to really. Yeah, that was a bummer to ruin. It, it, it certainly, I actually liked. Uh, who was the other rocker that they had uh, in Keith Richards? Keith Richards. I liked that, that. That was like a really cool cameo, kind of brief, and then he he literally disappears because Jack is like, "What was he even here?" But yeah, I, I, I saw I. So obviously we all love movies, uh, all three of us here on the panel today, and we try to scroll through spoilers and whatever else. And scrolling through Facebook one day or wherever, it, it was really unfortunate. I thought it was a fake. I thought the that the the Paul McCartney thing. I was like, that's that's ridiculous. And um, I didn't want to do any further research, so it's somehow stuck in the back of my head. And when I saw it, I was like, man, that's a bummer. It, it actually would have been a funny, cool little cameo. That's it. He is funny in the movie. I liked Paul McCartney. He has, he has a great joke. <laughs> I thought Jeffrey Rush was quite good in this movie. Um, mainly well, Jeffrey Rush is always good. He's always good. And he's he's just... been my MVP of this series. I mean, I think he's been a fantastic presence in these movies, more even more so than Johnny Depp, actually. I think I, and he gets to on... reteam with his Gods of Egypt co-star, Brendan <laughs> Thwaites. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember that. <laughs> but no, he's, they, get, they give him some heavy lifting to do that's kind of 11th hour. And the way he manages it, I think, is pretty good. Like, there's, it, given the the, stu- the amount of stuff they're throwing at you, there's a way that could have been handled not good, <laughs> I guess. And I think the way they do it with him here, it does, it does a good job. Yeah, and I think that we touched upon it. I mean, he's such a good actor that he's able to take that on, you know. And <laughs> as silly as it was, or as, as not even silly, as, as you could see it coming a mile away and, and all this other stuff, but he's... Again, yeah, Aaron said it best. He handles it. He handles his business because he's a pro. 
He even handled his business in House on Haunted Hill too, or I'm sorry, the remake. But um, let's see what else. Uh, Did you guys think of the um, kind of the the ideas behind uh, Captain Salazar? Oh, Spanish. They're unable to step on land. <laughs> I knew that, though. Ghost! Karina! You will soon pay for what you did to me. No, 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 no. There's no, no, no. There's no need to bother, really. Karina! I have no time to chat because my map's just run away. I will be waiting for you. Why would you be waiting for me? Why would you be waiting for me? Well, again, I think it's a... I, I like the I like what they do with him. I like the idea of of his character, and I like what his story's trying to do. I I think the it's an it's another version of like Jack is so like doing his own thing and carefree and whatnot versus this person that has a stern rule on things, and then it just take gets taken to its ultimate extreme. So he's like a pirate killer, and then it's like now he he just kills he's he's has this kind of driven vengeance, but he's still killing just anybody that gets in his path. It's a scene that come up against Jack. I mean, it's a it's a good kind of villain for him to face off against. Like I, I like I like where it does with it. And again, visually, it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> I mean, it's not something yeah, I've it seen. is. It's yeah. very very good. Just the way his hair just like floats as if he's constantly underwater. I think it, just that alone is always cool. Yeah. That being said, I could have used uh, more just normal Javier Bardem. <laughs> mean like a live Captain Salazar? Well, well, in the Young Jack Sparrow Chronicles, I mean, I'm sure we'll get like <laughs> Which is coming out soon. <laughs> you know, in uh, in Europe and England, it's actually uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Salazar's Revenge. Yeah, much shorter and That's easier to manage. Title. Yeah. <laughs> but, because but... I, you know, in, in the first sequence when you uh, hear like, Oh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I was like, oh man, that's a little too on the nose because it goes right to it cuts right to the title card. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I like that title, Salazar's Revenge. That sounds like a place I'd want to visit for dinner. I I forget who actually came up with this joke, but I saw somebody on Twitter uh, tweet a picture of the Crypt Keeper from <laughs> Tales from the Crypt and sort of say, "What do you mean, Dead Men Tell No Tales?" <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, we haven't talked about Depp at all. Do you guys like Johnny Depp in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I I thought it was okay. I I feel like I it, it's one of those tricky things where it's like, well, there's Johnny Depp as a performer, and then there's all this like personal stuff, and I, I like Johnny Depp too much. Like he's in some of my favorite movies of all time, and I think he's quite talented. Um, yeah. I, I I thought he was. I mean, he's still doing Jack Sparrow again, which we know he can do. So it's not necessarily like we're, we're i'm blown away by his performance but I, I did enjoy it yeah i mean i i agree i do i mean it's the fifth time doing this character but it's an iconic character for his own reasons yeah. and i i do think it's it's fun i it's there's less of a again as opposed to the fourth one where he's you know all the time on and in every scene this one it does do a better job of kind of balancing out him with the rest of the cast and i i have fun watching that character it's not the it's not as fresh as it once was but right. it's, it's it's an enjoy it's an enjoyable presence and it's more of his role in the film is 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 less of like a driving plot force and more of like flying the ointment and that's that's fun the idea of like how you how you utilize what this person means to the rest of the story I think it yeah. this this one captures more of what made the other films that worked work 
Um, I actually just didn't like some of his motivations in this movie, and mostly just when he's when he's going to exchange his compass for a, a bottle of rum or something like that. I was like, I don't know if Jack Sparrow would ever do that because he didn't he spend an entire movie trying to get that compass back. Oh, well, he, he hit rock bottom. I mean, that's the idea. <laughs> in a comical way, I well, guess. Well, I mean, he's literally covered in mud. Like, he's hit rock bottom at that point. Like, I get it. I, I see what they're doing. It's the kind of, it's the same logic as, like, these are not as great examples, but, like, the Shrek sequels, where it's like, you have to take the character through different means. So it's like the, the third, sure. the, 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 like, you know, the second one's like, meet the parents. The third one's like, he has to accept being king. And the fourth one's like, a fa- uh, like a midlife crisis. And like so it's, <laughs> you need to go through, like, these logical terms. First of all, I forgot that there were four Shrek movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, with Sparrow, it's like, you need to, if you're going to bring us back Johnny Depp, they have to give him something to work with beyond just be that zany guy again. It's so, like, I get what the... I can agree that yeah. yes, they're somewhat forced motivations. Um, but like I, 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 I get what you're saying yeah. though. Just like you know, he hit rock bottom, and sure he had, but I, it was just it was peculiar to me because um, it certainly seems like something that he would never he would never leave. But they have to further the plot, so I get that. Yeah, again, I wasn't, yeah. I, I genuinely thought that Penelope Cruz was going to show up. I did too. Really? Seemed, I mean, given that she's still around, and this is. I mean, it's not called Pirates of the Movie, the final chapter, but, you know, the movie, the advertising made up, basically, that this became the final chapter. I know. It plays a little right. fast and loose with the logic there. That's why I'm not necessarily expecting there never to be a Pirates movie again, but at the same time, if they didn't make one, I could see why. But, yeah, given that and given the recurrence of other characters, yeah, I agree with you, Silas. I do think it's like, all right, she could have shown up at some point. And the fact that I just sort of wonder, like, well, for how you the movie, and... I mean, that, you know, yeah. adds up. <laughs> Is it just a conversation over breakfast where it's like, oh, it's quite fun doing a Pirates movie. You should be the villain in the next one. <laughs> Pretty much how it happens. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of movies happen, actually. Just Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, just, I think that they're called uh, generals. What do you guys think of the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, I had a good question, now it's kind of slipping. Um, darn. Yeah. This, I was, this happens I, time. I was excited. I, you know, I, while I like Pirates uh, as a film franchise just fine, I love uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Okay. Uh, the the LucasArts game? Old, like, yeah, it, it it has so much in, like, that you can compare to the Pirates franchise. Uh-huh. And there was something I liked about this where it was just like, you can look at uh, Brendan Thwaites' character, and he's sort of wearing the same outfit as uh, Guybrush Threepwood. So I, I was able to just sort of be like, oh, yeah, this is a Monkey Island movie. Did we, like the, the, did we like the newbies in this movie, Brenton Thwaites and uh, Kaya Scottolero? I, mean, I, I don't know how you felt with Brenton Thwaites, but you know, I love that dude since The Signal. And, the, we were fans of The Signal, yeah. Yeah, we're fans <laughs> of The Signal, and uh, I'm almost glad to see those guys get work. Yeah. Uh, the, three, the trio of actors from that movie. Uh, as far as the, the new uh, the new folks go, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with it. I actually, especially like um, Kaya's character and her backstory, uh, it seems much more... I guess they give, uh, yeah, they give her more to do and there's more to work. Yeah. With. They give her more to do, but it's a little bit more mysterious. And I, I yeah. actually like that. Like Henry, Henry, Henry turn is pretty cut and dry. Got to say, but dad it's pretty cut and dry. Like, and they, <laughs> they, nothing, nothing to really discover. Cause he's, he's got the first scenes in the movie as a young boy and as Brenton Thwaites. So it's, it's really like, Oh, I know what this guy's about. Whereas Kaya, you know, sure. She's introduced, but her character is actually deeper. And I think that that's more satisfying. With his with his character, that's also what started this movie off on a good foot for me because you're already like you're not giving us Jack right away. You're like giving us a story 
that's more encompassing of what's going on in general and not just like it's a jack story give us all the jack you want all that like this is like oh okay he's got a motivation we're on we're setting out to see here we go like it it makes a, a, a you know it makes some sense um yeah. with the with the karina character yeah i agree with you also like it is it it, it there is a depth there um as far as what it's trying to do and give us something more mysterious and different it's not just like repeating Karen Knightley's character. And also, with both of these characters, I can tell you nothing about what happened with the whatever replacements they had in the fourth movie. Or at least these people, they kind of stand out. And they like they work with the rest of the cast and everything. Oh, that's right. There was. There yeah, was. Yeah, uh, Sam Claflin was one of them. Sam Claflin was one of them. It's like it's like, it's like slowly coming back to me. The fog is like lifting. <laughs> and there was like some mermaid. But like, I don't know. I can't that's remember That's right. Yeah, it. Sam Claflin. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, uh, though, it was a really pretty mermaid. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Doesn't he like fall into the water for her? <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of um, the whole entire mythology around Poseidon's Trident? That's another fun supernatural. MacGuffin. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like... I thought that was the coolest thing in the movie. And it was kind of a bummer. It, it reminded me of, you know, some other cool mythologies. But I was like, oh, man, I wish that they kind of went a little bit deeper on this and and kind of made you sort of wonder why uh it has its it, the powers that it does and why it's it's solo now like what happened to Poseidon so i mean anyway honestly it would be super cool if like they were fighting over it and somehow like awaken Poseidon and uh then have to defeat this like ancient god they woke <laughs> this up this becomes a god of war movie <laughs> that that'd be that'd be really cool you know, the uh, the uh, crew of the Sea Quest once fought Poseidon. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, actually, I like the I like I like that mythology. I like the uh, the star thing, and I liked that it was there. It, I was kind of expecting um, uh, Jason Momoa to show up, even though he's not Poseidon. But it would have been cool to see some some materialization of a Poseidon character. Because well, like, I, mean, I was just thinking, like, why is this guy not here? Because everything is apparently still in play in this world, right? So why would he not be there? Well, I mean, you talk about putting the budget on screen. I did like the kind of the concept of where it is and how they depict that. I thought that was really cool. Like that's for this series that has to kind of up the ante or show something new every time. This, that, that final set piece, well, it's a bit murky, especially in 3d. Like it still looks pretty neat. Like it's a neat concept as far as what they do with that. So I like that quite a bit. Uh, Any other thoughts on the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, the CG is really good, and oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I I just watched this like mini documentary on on visual effects artists in Hollywood today, and it's kind of a bummer that they get for sort of the short end of the stick, but yeah, they're doing a lot of work here because this movie is tons of CG. There's actually I sat through the credits, kind of seeing if there was a stinger, uh, and there is one, yeah. so you should stay. Uh, I, but, I, uh, honestly, I don't know if you should stay just because I don't actually, think that stinger is very good. <laughs> like, it, yeah, that's it kind true. of upsets yeah. the rest of the movie. It's like, what does that mean? I don't get this. That's why. That's why I'm saying like this is ridiculous that you would. It's laughable that you would cut the last one. But there's a there's a visual effects artist. His name is Nicholas Sparks. So, just wanted to point that out. Okay. <laughs> I uh, w- when I saw it, I did not get the uh, post credit scene. So I've only really? I've only read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I do sort of like the idea that it, it, it could lead to a continuation of the franchise that doesn't necessarily need Johnny Depp. I think you could take the Pirates franchise and sort of make it into something that is n- more amorphous than a, a straight up film franchise. Yeah. I, I still I've been saying since the first one, you got to do like 
Enchanted meets Pirates of the Caribbean and have some like magic thing bring uh, Captain Jack Sparrow to present day. So it's like Crocodile Dundee meets Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> just, just make it Lone Ranger where he's just old man Jack Sparrow hanging out in the museum. He should just be walking around having having trouble fitting into modern society. <laughs> Isn't that Johnny Depp? <laughs> yeah. right now. You just you just put him in the costume and you just film him. You don't even need a script. Does he need a costume? I mean, he's wearing scarves and rings and makeup all the time. I mean, is that much of a difference than real life? <laughs> <laughs> He's not wearing. He's not wearing enough uh, uh, for all hats. That's what's missing. Well, regardless, let's move, let's move on because we got things to get yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, where where when, when would you say people should go and see Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tell No Tales? I mean, uh, I, I'm on I'm on the DVD route, Blu-ray route. Oh, I feel the reverse. I feel like it's a movie that because it's so big and because it's this fun adventure. Like, if you don't see it in the theater, I, I can see not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. So I think the, the the spectacle is there, and I more or less enjoyed this movie a bit more than I was expecting to. So yeah, I would certainly say it's, it's worthwhile um, to to catch on the big screen, just because yeah, it's so grand and the 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 way they I mean they put the budget to use to good use here. So I think it's it's, it's you know if you if you've seen these pirates movies and you're like you know what I enjoy those, this seems like another one where you're like all right, I enjoyed that one too. Right. Let's uh let's move on now, guys. That was our re- review for Pirates of the Caribbean, Coleman, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Let's get to our sponsor real quick. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Why? Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks. <laughs> I'm just laughing because you asked you ask a question, and then you answer your own question with another question. That's right. <laughs> Audio, Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and other similar programs for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, Zune, or any other kind of MP3 device. Additionally... Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice just and a three and a thirty day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash out podcast, choose a book to download for free and start listening. It's just that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash out podcast. Be a winner. And read. Or listen. Audibletrial.com slash out podcast. <laughs> Alright. Let's uh let's move on now. Let's get to uh, out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, where we go over a number of questions that you guys, that we asked, and you guys give us some answers, or some questions that we answer. A lot of feedback this week. Yeah, we got a, quite a few uh, answers yeah. on all these questions. Yeah, first question we asked everybody, what is your favorite film involving pirates? Uh, they just don't have to be at sea if they don't need to be. And Chris writes, time bandits all the way. Oh, and uh, what is this? Some strange acronym that he wrote, T-P-I-A-W-S, as we know it over on the side of the pond. As another name in England, I guess, for Time Bandits. There you go. Yeah, for Time Bandits. Uh, Philip has Porco Rosso, Stardust, and Castle in the Sky. Tyler has Captain Phillips. Jay has the Pirates, Band of Mystics. This is my obvious choice, although we know it here as the Pirates uh, in Adventure with Scientists on the Side of the Pond. Again, and, also has an English title, yes. The yeah, I was like, that's, that's a cool title. <laughs> Uh, Amy writes The Princess Bride and lastly Jordan Rath has the second one is the best of the Pirates of the, of the Caribbean franchise and my other vote would be for Captain Phillips I mean I agree with Jordan the second one is the best of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise <laughs> any other space pirates that you guys like I mean Serenity or Serenity is not bad I would uh, add Cowboy Bebop even though I don't know if they're really pirates they're bounty hunters I mean uh, you know they could be space pirates. All right. Well, next question we have. Uh, we've done the Johnny Depp question a number of times, but how about favorite Jeffrey Rush movies? 
Jay writes, uh, best film, Finding Nemo. Best role, Casanova Frankenstein and Mystery Men. <laughs> I'm hard-pressed not to agree with that. <laughs> I, I love Mystery Men. I, I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more of a like resurgence. Especially now, um, given how what it's do what it was doing then with with superheroes it, it seems very relevant now but um, right uh tyler writes based on his looks alone he was a decent vincent price in the haunted house on haunted hill remake <laughs> i i i know i was like vaguely making fun of it earlier but i genuinely love uh, gods of egypt um and jeffrey rush has such a weird character in that who does he play i forget raw uh, <laughs> <laughs> The sun god Ra. Okay, Got it. he plays Ra. He 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 sails on a ship outside of Earth all day to fight off evil smoke monsters that are trying to invade the planet. Like, uh, no, there is no exaggeration about anything I've just said about his role in Gods of Egypt. <laughs> Gods of Egypt is like it, it's almost like it's the adaptation of an '80s action figure line that never existed. <laughs> Uh, Philip writes the two Elizabeth films and Munich. Um, hmm. Manish writes the King's Speech, and Chris writes the King the King's Speech. Nice, yeah. King's Speech is the first one that comes to mind. Among what did he say? Green Lantern? <laughs> I forgot he's in Green Lantern. <laughs> I forgot that too. <laughs> Green Lantern. But I do. Like, I'm always happy to see a shout out for Munich because Munich is great in everything. So there you go. Yeah, I do love that Eric Bana. Uh, next question we ask everybody. What are some of your favorite movies that have some connection to rides found at Disney? Uh, Chris writes, I was two years old last time I went, so uh, the Dumbo ride rocked. All right. <laughs> and Justin writes, Peter Pan. Also, Cars ride is really fun and Indiana Jones. Amy writes, still got to be the first Pirates movie, Curse of the Black Pearl. And Space Mountain is now just Star Wars themed, so Star Wars. Tammy has Jurassic Park inspired the, uh, the dinosaur ride. Manisha has the Peter Pan and Snow White rides are dope. And lastly, Tyler writes, I'll proudly say it, Haunted Mansion, hashtag Evers and Evers. Okay. I mean, having just gone on the uh, the Cars Radiator Springs ride for the first time with Anna, like, that was, it's pretty impressive. But not my favorite movie. So, nice. <laughs> with, that, with that in mind. I don't know. The, yeah. the I don't know Jones what they did with the, are, uh, is that still on? The Indiana Jones ride? They wouldn't take that. That's never going to go away. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to go away. Uh, I do. I did like the Funny Nemo submarine <laughs> thing, but I don't know what it is now. Did they Did they change that? They, they changed it to Funny Nemo. Oh, they did. Okay, so it's still it's, there. Right. Yeah, it's not good. I hate the submarine. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, no, it's cool just because like, it's, it's this really tight atmosphere, and you're going into like three-foot water, but it's uh, it's cool when you look out the windows. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> anyway uh, given that mr toad's wild ride is my favorite uh disneyland ride i mean mr toad and ichabod animated movie because it's like one half hour thing like yeah i'll go for that. <laughs> so I can throw that on that it's like classic disney classic disney yeah Sal, you got a favorite movie that goes to a ride at disney you know I, I it's probably technically indiana jones i'm trying to think of i i'm not a huge disney uh like parks guy um yeah i've only been like a couple times I did actually. I just was there this week for the the new Guardians ride, which was oh, really cool. fun. What did they replace that with? Uh, it was a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. 
Oh, they replaced the Tower of Terror. Okay. We just talked That's about, about it. Like, you're going backwards on all these. Like, what did they replace <laughs> that with? Like... We did talk about that because I remember, like, you were saying that uh, you didn't like the falls. I'm not a drops guy. And, like, Marcus yeah. had just gone on Twilight, Twilight uh, Tower of Terror. And it's like, <laughs> it, it... <laughs> so, no, I don't want to go on this. Even though Anna right. goads me saying that I should go on this, I'm not going to. It's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Next question. Really Favorite noted. Javier Bardem rules. Uh, Tyler writes, I could say No Country for Old Men or Skyfall, but I'll point to the other one. I'll point out that other than Cameron Diaz doing the splits on the hood of a car, he was the only memorable part of the counselor. Uh, <laughs> William writes, uh, Is this rhetorical? No Country. Jason writes, Skyfall. Chris writes, Yeah, No Country. Jay writes, No Country, No Contest. Good sequel to No Country for Old Men right there. No Country, No Contest. Um... <laughs> Amy writes, No Country for Old Men and Skyfall. Manish writes, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And Philip writes, Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Right. Hard pressed to not say No Country for Old Men, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's uh, he's super spooky in the movie. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, that's that's such a great... He's an amazing actor, and he everything he's done, he's very, very good in, but... You can reach back. No I mean, country. He, was, he was nominated for, what, The Sea Inside from a while back? I mean, that was... It's a good role as well. I mean, he's he's he is he's a great performer. He's in a lot of great things. But yeah, the, yeah. no country is one that, that you know, that's going to stand out for, for like that's, time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty iconic. Uh, next question from Ray: Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales joins the list of films that feature pirate ghosts. Do you have some favorite ghost stories? Tyler has. I would tell you, but I already have this. I already said his name twice. Uh, I think he's talking about. Uh, I don't know. I can't say it. I'm, I'm too afraid. But Chris says, I think it would be, has to be The Shining or The Shinnin because we don't want to get sued. Exactly. And Philip has Crimson Peak and The Devil's Backbone. One of those is probably better than the other. And lastly, just, just, Justin has The Frighteners, which is That's a good pretty good movie. I like, I like that answer, The Frighteners. Uh, I guess, yeah, The Shining would probably be my favorite ghost story, but The Devil's Backbone is certainly a good one as well. Yeah. Ghostbusters, obviously. <laughs> I'm actually I, I'm super excited to see the new um, uh, A Ghost Story, David Lowry's film I'm seeing on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, uh, with uh, Casey Affleck. Yeah. I'm excited to uh, check out what that's all about, too. Yeah. Um, all right, last question here. Favorite film characters with elaborate facial hair? Chris writes, Pi May, those eyebrows are off the wall. <laughs> Uh, Philip writes Gandalf. Uh, Justin writes Ice Pirates. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> okay. And Tyler writes Seneca Crane, which uh, from the Hunger Games because of that yeah. beard that he had, which uh, makes plenty of sense. Those are uh, yeah, it's great facial hair. I'd uh, I'd add in uh, Kurt Russell in uh, what's the damn blank on the name of the movie? Which one? Bone Tomahawk? No, no, before. I just watched it like two weeks ago. Facial hair? 70 millimeter. Kurt Russell? Yeah, in 70 millimeter movie with uh, Quentin Tarantino. What? What? Oh, Hateful Eight. Oh, oh Hateful Eight. Eight. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. I kept yeah. thinking Death Proof for some reason. Like, he's not. No, he no. Okay, yeah. Hateful Eight. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Hateful Eight. He's got a beard and like this like wily mustache. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, my my answer goes to the True Grit remake from the Coen Brothers. That just that was a that was facial hair galore in that movie. They're just everybody had some. Kind sure, of everyone has facial hair except for Haley Stanfield. Yeah. I mean, she would have grown one at the end of that movie if they let her go. If she wasn't, if she wasn't fourteen years old, she would have grown a beard. Everyone had crazy facial hair in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> they should have actually just like done it in post and just given her a beard. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, later Orson Welles' beard. Yeah. Uh, you let that go. Good point. Anyway, uh, now we move to questions that we're going to answer that you guys submitted to us and we'll answer here today. Justin asked everybody here today, do you think that they should continue to make R-rated comic-related uh, comic movies? My boys love seeing these, but Logan had the F-word more than Deadpool. This is why I, I just saw Logan. I mean, it, it just speaks to what's what's needed for the film. If the film requires an R rating, then it requires an R rating. If it's fine being PG, PG-13, P or G, I mean, it doesn't matter. It depends on what the what the story's trying to tell you. Um, I for a good movie anyway. I mean, these movies that could just be gratuitous and not have to worry, you know, just do it for the sake of doing it. That's not necessarily the best way to go. But something like Logan, um, Logan tells a it tells an adult story. It tells a story about a man about men growing old and you know being phased out of society essentially among other things. And I think it's the it's not just the amount of violence or the swearing. It's just that the tone of the movie in general and the atmosphere that's portrayed like it it fits for what it's trying to do. Yeah. Um, and there's a level of irreverence that goes along with Deadpool that just matches what the the comic book nature of that character is. So it's it comes down to what you know what's required of the story um, more than content. Right, I'd agree with that. But that being said, I also like that there are R-rated comic book movies now. Well, yeah, because it, well, it gives them a chance to explore what a character can be in a an unfiltered way, regardless of what yes. the what that allows for. So it's yeah, I'm not a a fan of really rating movies in the first place, but. Uh... Uh, and and I, I think Deadpool turned out really well, uh, but I, I had the argument before it came out that uh, sometimes when you are trying not to have an R rating, you wind up being more creative. And uh, to me in the comic books, the uh, the Deadpool comics where he kind of has to like not swear end up being much funnier. I could agree with that. I also would say yeah, that, I can definitely see that one of my issues with Logan um, because I like, I mean, I think Logan's very good, but it, it's it's almost too violent at times, which is the amount of the amount of punishment that Wolf that Wolverine gets in that movie. It's just it's like it's like, well, we don't have to hold back, so I guess we can keep going, and it just kind of keeps going. It's like this is kind of rough to watch, guys. Like seeing the amount of tortures this person's going through. So yeah, I I can agree that it, you know it's not always necessary. It's not. It's, rating a movie can, you know, yes, I I agree with yeah the idea of like trying to find more creative means to handle a character. Right. Um, I think what you're also saying is you can't wait for the 4D version where water's just going to splash on your face whenever Wolverine gets impaled by by tree branches. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's goes without saying. <laughs> uh, all right, <laughs> the next question we have. Uh, Tyler writes, so I rewatched Strangers on a Train last night, and it got me thinking about the remake that is in development from Fincher and Ben Affleck. I will say that that's old news. I'm not sure if that's still going, but um, that is something there. Um, he continues, now Strangers on a Train is a movie of its time, so hypothetically, how could they reinvent this idea for modern times without being contrived or cheesy? Uh, Strang- Strangers uh, on a Train, um, brilliant Hitchcock film, one of my favorites, of course, involves two people that meet on a train. They're strangers to each other. They don't know each other at all. And they talk about these things that are problems in their lives, two people. And they discuss the possibility of what if we both killed each other's you know, right. problem. You know, one kills a wife, one kills like a 
uh, another like woman that's like following him along or some whatnot, and one goes through with it while the other you know is horrified by the fact that he's like, why'd you what what? Like, we didn't, I, this yeah, is hypothetical. Like, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a really twisted premise. <laughs> yes. Um, and so now so Tyler he's asking you know how could you do this in a modern way? I, I I'll be curious how it gets handled, but I don't see it being a difficulty necessarily. Um, I'd be curious to embrace whatever kind of plot, especially if David Fincher was still actually involved in the movie remake of this well what it would yeah. not to be well it wouldn't be a train anymore it'd actually just be a party bus it'd and it'd be sent like new york and uh it'd be a, you know it'd be a, it'd be a snapchat would... line <laughs> yeah exactly it actually wouldn't even be like a, a party bus that they uh it would be an uber party bus that's what it would be so strangers on a strangers on a bus is what the name of the title is going to be that sounds so boring <laughs> i'm gonna go see strangers on a fine. bus this weekend <laughs> You think that it's a romantic comedy starring Ben Affleck, but it's not. All right. Well, that was enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's uh, let's move into our. What, 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 uh, what time is it? Yeah, I think it might be a time for you to uh, produce a game here. Fun fact: That's actually the sound that plays whenever you open up the uh, the cursed compass from Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> those melodies. Thank yeah. you. That, that is, of course, the improv theme for games, and I have a game for you guys this week. Yeah, I'm excited. It is called Walk the Plank, colon, sink, or swim. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need more details. On how to That's it. Game. We're starting the game. We got our first one. Okay. No. <laughs> um, all right. So this game, um, the theme of this game is, is extremely expensive movies. Um, the Pirates films are all, you know, they have a, they tend to be very expensive movies for a variety of reasons, and uh, you know, this recent one's no different. Um, uh, but so with that, I've taken, I have all the answers are movies that, or some of the most expensive movies of all time, or, or big flops. Um, that's the other thing. Generally, they're expensive movies still that just happen to, be, you know, big, big flops at the box office. And the way you get answers for this game is, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm going to ask you if you want a tagline, a list of cast members, or some random trivia. You choose which of those, and then whoever buzzes in first to guess what movie I'm referring to gets a point. I like this. Okay. Make, okay. Make sense? Okay. Yeah. So I'll start with Silas. Do you want a tagline, cast members, or trivia? I will take a tagline. A tagline, okay. Was there not a tagline? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be uh, hilarious. It, it works like out. Because it's like the place where taglines are, there's not a tagline here. So. It's empty. It's empty. There's no tagline for the movie, apparently. Okay. You have to choose again, Silas. Choose again, Silas. Do you, do you want, do you want, <laughs> what'd you choose? Trivia. Trivia. Okay. Let me re, let me find some trivia here that doesn't give it away immediately. <laughs> okay. Here it is. Penelope Cruz was the only choice for the role of Angelica. She agreed to the role without reading a script. Was. Say your name. Parts of the Caribbean uh, on Stranger Tides. On Stranger Tides is correct. Say, be, sure, be sure to say your name when you buzz in. So say Silas. There you go. Uh, yes, that is the correct oh, answer. Okay. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> by the I'm way, I'm going to say Silas. I have, I have all the I have all the um, the budgets for these movies with inflation involved. So the Pirates movie, the Stranger Tides, four hundred and three million dollars. My God! Still Gosh. the most the most expensive movie ever made is the fourth Pirates. Four hundred and three million. The worst looking Pirates movie is the is the most expensive movie ever made. I know that's with inflation, but that's woo. Even without inflation, it's still like three hundred eighty three. Like it's, it's not low. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy cow! All right. 
Silas, you got that point, so now you get to choose again. Do you want a tagline, a cast member, or trivia? Uh, I'll take a tagline. All right. I think I have one for this one this time. Let's see. <laughs> there was no tagline for that last movie? It didn't have one. Yeah, it didn't have a That's thing. so weird. <laughs> Maybe it was just like a skull. It was like, depth's back. <laughs> That's it. That really would give it away. Here's the, next, here's the tagline. Nothing on Earth could ever come between them. Um, hmm. Here's the on second Earth. tagline. Okay. Keep in mind, these are all really expensive movies. Right. Collide with Destiny. Um, it's going to be really I'm obvious when you get it. <laughs> oh. Are you buzzing in, Silas? Yes, I'll, I'll buzz in and say Armageddon? Incorrect. No. I feel like it's Abe. Yeah. Passengers? Incorrect. Mm. The answer was Titanic. Oh. That was over budget? But uh, the it's iceberg expensive. is I didn't say over Earth. budget. I said it's one of the oh, most expensive okay. movies of all time. That said, Titanic right. was over budget. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, like it just it just made like a billion dollars, or it actually, made its money back, know. but it was it didn't right. it did not cost money. <laughs> like it cost it was the most. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, just expensive movies. Okay, now my, now my frame of mind is set. I didn't all say right. I didn't say over budget. I said most expensive movies of all time. Gotcha. Some all of right. these are flops. Doesn't make yeah. doesn't mean the budget was different. Just means they they flopped. Right. right. Here's the next one. Since I got it, I will choose the next category. <laughs> How dare you? Let me look up the movie. Okay. Let me do. I'm going to do a tagline for you guys. All right. Because the cast is too ridiculous on this one. All right. This tagline's terrible. Um, it's beyond the horizon lies the secret to a new beginning. A. Yeah. Morrowland. To, that's. It's surprisingly close. <laughs> but it's not? Not, oh, not quite, no. Okay. Beyond the Horizon lies the secret to a new beginning. Expensive movie. Here's some trivia. Before Titanic, it was the most expensive movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I don't know. Is there another tagline? No, that was the only tagline, which is unfortunate. Let's see. I'm trying to find some good trivia. First uh, script went under underwent 36 different drafts, six different writers. Let's see. Here's a, okay. Here, here's a clue. Here's a clue for you guys. All right. If the ice caps melted, the oceans would only rise a few hundred oh, feet. Silas, Silas. Waterworld. Waterworld is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I have the next one. Silas, you want to choose a category? Uh, I'll try tagline again. Okay taglines where is the tagline it's right here okay these taglines are bad <laughs> okay um here's an area okay here's one how long can any man fight the darkness before he finds it himself in himself what sorry super generic another one's the battle within and mm. that's one man will fight to find the hero within and the last one's every hero has a choice to face the darkness or be consumed by it. Uh, Silas? Yeah? Is it Spider-Man 3? It is Spider-Man 3. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and here I was thinking of, uh, what's that one movie with he's a panther in the woods or in the in the forest? I can't ever think of the name of the movie. <laughs> what is no. The Phantom. The Phantom? <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Here's the next one. Okay. 
What do, what do you want, Silas? Do you want a tagline or cast? Or uh, I'll start trivia. Trivia. Okay. Someone's got to choose cat, cast at some point. <laughs> Spider-Man, 3 would, choose. Spider-Man 3 would have been a good cast one. <laughs> There's a lot of people in that movie. Let's see. Here's trivia. Let me find. Okay. Oh, here. Okay. I'm just going to read random ones until you guys get it. Alec Baldwin <laughs> disliked this film so much that he insisted on being uncredited. Hey, uh, yeah. The Shadow. That, that, no. Come on. <laughs> that wasn't Alec Baldwin. That is Alec Baldwin, but he's the lead of the movie. It would be uncredited. <laughs> also, The Shadow's awesome. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> Here's one. In absolute terms, this movie made the largest financial loss of any movie to date with a budget of $100 million and a total gross of $4.4 million. Mm. Yikes. The movie was shelved for almost two years before it was released. <laughs> That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. The film takes place in 2079 and 2087. So it's probably sci-fi. <laughs> a sci-fi Alec Baldwin movie? Well, he's not credited. Oh. <laughs> Clearly he's not the star. He wouldn't ask to be uncredited if he was the star of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the lead actor refused to promote this film at the time of its release and stated that the money is the only reason he took the role. Wow. Uh, Silas? Yeah. Adventures of Pluto Nash? Pluto Nash is the correct answer. Oh I do not remember uh, Alec Baldwin being in that film. And you would if he's on credit. <laughs> he probably wouldn't. Yeah, he probably just asked for a scenes to be edited out of the movie. All right. Next one. What do you want? Tagline, cast member, trivia. Uh, trivia. The most expensive Disney film in the animated canon at $260 million. Uh, I have a guess, Silas. Um, dinosaur? Incorrect. Oh. Okay, Abe, it's up to you. This Abe. Is the, okay, hold on. Let me read another one. Give you a chance. Here. Oh, I was going to go in. Okay, go in. What do you, you think? The last dinosaur. Incorrect. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's not even a movie. But, okay. <laughs> here's the next. Here's, here's the trivia. This Good is... dinosaur. Damn it. <laughs> So far off. And it's also, that's Pixar. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first animated Disney princess film to get a PG rating by the MPAA. Hmm. Snow White. So, your logic here is that it's the first Disney princess film to get a PG. So, before the MPAA existed, and with the first ever Disney princess movie, that's what you guessed to be the first princess movie. It's it's gotta be be, uh, Brave. It's not Brave. Also Pixar. The answer is Tangled. (laughs) Tangled's the first answer. Yeah, terrible at this game. <laughs> All right, I'm doing the next one, and I'm choosing cast members. What was the, what was the answer? Tangled. I said Tangled multiple oh, times. Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the cast members from the from the okay. up here. Okay. Timothy Spall. I'm just going to read up from the bottom, and you guys guess it when you think you have okay. it. Ed Spielers. Richard Armitage. Andrew Scott. Lindsay Duncan. Matt Lucas, Reese Ifans. Oh, Silas. Yeah? Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Incorrect. Alan Rickman, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Anne Hathaway. Can I go again? Nope. Abe? Lame is. I mean, <laughs> this isn't. Silas, what's the right answer? <laughs> Alice through the looking glass. That's correct. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, I'm... Anne Hathaway, come on! Yeah, in that Alice movie. 
Was Alan Rickman in Glad Biz? That's true. No, he wasn't. He could have been in some production of it back in the day. Remember, these are the most expensive movies of all time. <laughs> right. Here's okay. I got that one, I guess. Right. So okay. Let me, here's the next. I one. think you're winning this game. Oh, it's close. Front. That's for sure. Okay. All right. Let's see if I can do um, taglines for this one because I think the cast will give it a. Yeah, the cast is too. On the nose. Oh, there's only one tagline. So I guess I'm gonna have to do the cast after I do. Okay. Here's the first. Here's the tagline. A new age begins. Didn't think so. Okay, I'm gonna go up the cast list now. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Haley Atwell. Wait. What? Huh? I was gonna say, can I take a stab at it? Wait, then you only get one guess. So you want to not take a stab at it? Maybe think. <laughs> uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. So no, that's that's not that's not right. Okay. You thought Captain Man- Cap- You thought the first Captain America film was the f- most expensive movie of all time? No. Okay. <laughs> I think you mentioned Haley Atwell. I was like, I don't know any other movie she's in. Well, I started at the bottom of the cast list. And now you're here. <laughs> so I'm going to read up the cast list. Let's see if Silas gets it. Haley Atwell, Anthony Mackie, Kobe Smolders, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen. Avengers? <laughs> yes. Age of Ultron? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? How, you know what movie is Hallie, Haley Atwell's in, Abe? Every uh, movie involving Captain America. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> Those are the other movies you might know that she might be. In. Totally forgot. Totally <laughs> forgot. All right, Silas, what do you want now? Tagline, trivia, or cast members? Uh, I I keep wanting to hear taglines. I okay. just all right. I, I don't know any of them, and yet they're they're so interesting. Here's an here's a tagline. Never take off the mask. Oh, uh, Silas. Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger is correct. Ooh, I love the Lone Ranger. It's certainly amazing. yeah, we enjoyed it. For, uh, it might even be my favorite Gore Verbinski movie. I'm not going that far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have to argue about that. Um, this one's surprising. That's one of the most expensive movies of all time. But Silas, what do you want now? You want the tagline? Uh, tagline. tagline again? Okay. Let me... The first one's incredibly generic. Dark secrets revealed. <laughs> The next one is Mystery Men. The next one is Once again I asked too much of you, Harry. Um you I certainly eight, know the franchise. You have eight options. Yeah. <laughs> uh Abe. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. That's correct. Boom! <laughs> nice. You're on the board. <laughs> this is the dark the dark thing really gave it away. I think they narrows it down to four Harry Potter movies, maybe. <laughs> Certainly was one of the more mature ones, yeah. All right. Got the last one here. At least it wasn't a shutout. Exactly. It wasn't a shutout. What do you want, Abe? Cagline cast members or trivia? Cast members. Cast members. This is not going to be an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! All right. It's the last one, though. Okay. I'm just going to go for the bottom. Okay. Harris Eulin. Jimmy F. Skaggs. Christopher Masterson. As in Malcolm in the Middles, Christopher Masterson. <laughs> I did not know this. Uh, Paul Dillon, Rex Lynn, Stan Shaw, Patrick Malahide. This might get easier now. Maury Chaikin, Frank Langella, Matthew Modine, Gina Davis. That's the that's the cast list. That's the cast list. Hmm. Most expensive movies uh, ever made, starring apparently uh, Gina Davis and Matthew Modine. 
Atlantis. <laughs> Incorrect. I have no clue. Um, you can't think of a Gina Davis, Matthew Modine movie? <laughs> honestly, like, I, I, one of the reasons I never pick actors is because, like, I, uh, I, my brain doesn't recognize actors and, and roles. Actors just sort of blend together. I will, I will say this. This, uh, this movie bankrupted a studio. <laughs> can we hear the tagline? Yeah, the tag, like, can we go tag? The tagline, it's a long one. The curse has been set. The course has been set. There is no turning back. Prepare your weapons. Summon your courage. Discover the adventure of a lifetime. That is a pretty long one. Oh. It's rated PG-13 for some strong pirate action. <laughs> it says that. That's what it says. It's like I, I can definitely see what the movie you're talking about. I just don't know the title of it because I know Gina Davis dressed up as a swashbuckler, and I just don't remember this title. It's like a '90s movie. Yep. Yeah, um, the answer is Cutthroat Island. Ah, uh, yeah. I would never have guessed that, but yeah. <laughs> that was the answer. What was the studio that it bankrupted? Carlico. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, those which, guys. Which made, like, a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, like Total Recall. Yeah, like, those are the guys that made Terminator 2. Terminator 2, right? yeah. yeah. They, this bankrupted their studio. <laughs> like they had to... What a bummer. Yeah. Because I can see that box that box cover right now Yeah. from the video store. Yeah. yeah. Pirate movies don't do well, guys. <laughs> they, uh, they, the, the... <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Pirate movies or westerns in today's world? Westerns, easily. Okay. Westerns is a, is a great genre. I mean, there's there's so much you can do with a western. You can do stuff with pirates movies too, but it just seems kind of limited. Um, yeah. Maybe there should be some sort of like Shanghai Noon, but with pirates. I would say Ooh. that At World's End is exactly that. It has a lot of western <laughs> elements in it. <laughs> there's literally a showdown where they're all standing and they're like playing like riffs on Ennio Morricone scores. Like it, it goes for it. Um. All right. That's how you play Walk the Plank: Colon Sink or Swim. Pretty sure I lost. You did because Silas, you won that game. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. Way to go. All right. Let's uh, move on now. Let's get to, let's, let's start wrapping things up here. Let's get to Out, out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are new movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Uh, quite a few here. First up, um, The Shack with uh, Sam Worthington. Uh, that's the, uh, yeah, Sam Worthington, the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, fist Fight with Charlie Day and Ice Cube. I heard that the actual fist fight at the end is, is the highlight of the movie. Okay. Um, Before I Fall, this is YA Groundhog's Day. Oh, that's the one with the Zoe Deutsch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Black Coat's Daughter. I, I recommended this one last week. I saw. I was talking about it in Quickies. A solid uh, horror feature. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Collide. This had Nicholas Holt. It was like a car chase movie or something that came out like for a while. Yeah, week. it was called Autobahn, and then they retitled it, and it never got a release. I think Felicity Jones is in it, too. It, it came out for like a week, like in like February or something like that. <laughs> it just came out, and it was gone. Once again, better movie titles that were... Pre-updates. Autobahn? That's a, that was a good one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool name for a movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. Autobahn. Yeah. Um, let's see. Speed Racer, the complete series on Blu-ray this week. I'm the, actually... The animated excited. series? Yes. Yeah, what it's the original. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Are you going to own it, Silas? I am. One day. Okay. One day. On Criterion this week, we have Ghost World, the uh, Terry Zwagoff film. It's very good. And, yeah. Um, Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project Number 2, which is basically he's uh, kind of shepherding a lot of uh, random foreign films from around the world. Um, and so that's like a whole set of that on Criterion this week. 
And uh, let's see. What else? The Last Kingdom Season 2. I don't know this show, but it's out. I was like, what is, yeah. Yeah, what is that show about? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. Uh, <laughs> it's got a second season. More than Senna Zorn. And lastly, I wanted to point this out because I thought it was neat. The Sheik and its sequel, Son of the Sheik. These are like early 20s movies that are on uh, with uh, Rudolph Valentino. Um, they're on uh, Blu-ray for the first time. And I believe The Son of the Sheik is like the first sequel ever in film. Mm. And they have great like old school posters. Like they, so... But they're very cool, and uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be curious to check those ones out for sure because those are just really like old like old adventure films essentially. So. There's actually a uh, I think it technically was released like two weeks ago, um, although I just got a copy. Um, Flickr Alley, which is a company I used to work for, mm-hmm. um, put out a set of early uh, women filmmakers, and uh, one of the things that's particularly cool about it is uh, there is a film that was released in 1918. Mm-hmm. That is when Wonder Woman takes place. Uh, so that's actually one of my plans for today is to watch that. And really, it's called the Star Prince, which uh, sort of fits Wonder Woman. Interesting. Silence with it with all the alternative movie title names, which are like seemingly much better than what we've been given. <laughs> that's like that's like his special power. He just knows the alternative movie titles, which is fantastic. He's going to help when we write our Audubon script, too. That's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, now that that title's available. I just we... read the IMDb description for that. It, it's a much better title than what, what Collide is, because they're actually on the Audubon. <laughs> it's even weird that, like, uh, like we just had uh, the Universal Monsters claim Dark Universe as the name of their continuity, uh-huh. when it's like, well, this was going to be the title of the Justice League movie, Justice League Dark. <laughs> Was it just like, oh, the title's available. Grab it. Right, take it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's do Extremely Cool. These are movies that are now streaming that we can recommend in some way. Uh, first up, I mentioned War Machine. That's streaming online now if you're curious about that one. Um, a lot of things this week, actually. Bloodline Season 3 uh, for fans of the show. Bloodline starring uh, Kyle Chandler. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's Friend third, of the show. Third, yeah, friend of the show by Kyle Chandler. Third and final season of Bloodline. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hassan Minaj. Uh, who's on the Daily Show currently? He has, yeah, he has a new comedy yeah. special out. Um, let's see, House of Cards season five arrives on Netflix this week, which I'm excited about. Uh, F is for Family season two. This is the uh, what's his name? Um, Bill Burr. Bill Burr uh, animated series. It's back on Netflix. Uh, Doctor Strange comes on Netflix this week. Really? Yep. Well, it's got that Disney deal, so they put them on. <laughs> and uh, Sarah Silverman also has a new comedy special out on uh, Netflix this week. Cool. It's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week, uh, we have Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's next week. Yeah. We're again to another uh, box office smash, hopefully. You have a lot better things than Suicide Squad and uh, BVS so far. So, uh, right. That's what I've been hearing as well, and yeah, I'm excited for it. Sounds like we've still, seen stay, it, right? I'm still going to temper my feelings for it, though. For uh, Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. Um, I, I guess I'm not allowed to go into too much details, but I far and away liked it more than any of the DC movies in a long time. Okay. All right. So last thing we do here, what should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? Silas, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, probably not Baywatch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like, I I feel that right now we're at a like point where the, the summer movie season's kicking off. And it's one of those times where like, I do think that, 
critics aren't as important because it's it's really just go have a good time. Um, there was one that uh, uh, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna risk an embargo here because it, it comes out on Friday and I don't think the embargo's lifted. But I really liked Captain Underpants. All right, good. Whoa. I was surprised by how much I like Captain Underpants. I like that. Mostly because uh, some of those seem to get a bum rap sometimes, but I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that. You heard it first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so take that movie studios. <laughs> what are you going to see next? Fuck your embargo. <laughs> what are you seeing next, Silas? Uh, next, I'm, this week I'm seeing Ghost Story, which I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Um, yeah. All right, very cool. Abe definitely recommend Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, uh, and then yeah, next is uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, Guardians, I would say. Lost City of Z is still out there, so I'd say that as well, if you need a Charlie Hunnam movie to see. I believe it's the Lost City of Zed. Yeah, it's take that. <laughs> Again, Silas with the other alternative movie title <laughs> name. <laughs> and yeah, next up will be Wonder Woman. Um, nice. So yeah, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as on Wise the Blue. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over at my Instagram, Oakley Doakley, as well as Twitter, twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag, I, I had a blog once. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually went back to go read my blog. It wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Abe. I was like, oh, they, they still make me laugh. <laughs> you should really get back to it, baby. <laughs> Silas, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, I'm on comingsoon.net and Superhero Hype, and then uh, I'm on Twitter, which is just my name, Silas Lesnick, which of course is easy to spell, so I don't even need to bother. All right. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Theron and Abe over on iTunes, as well as on Audio Boom. You can also listen to us over at HHWLED, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. Let us know anything you thought about uh, Pirates or anything else we discussed today. Yeah, send us some feedback over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash Oh, no, underscore podcast. And of course, send us plenty of Johnny Depp making big faces as Captain Jack Sparrow at outnotpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, going to do it. So Silas, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks Alex. For sure. Glad to have you. Glad we have you back. We'll have you back soon enough. Um, soon. For another <laughs> rousing episode. But uh, until next time, when things get uh, get wonderful, um, so we hope, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Come <laughs> on!